welcome back to grow through what you go through season two wow yay so excited i can't believe that a lot of you have been listening to my voice for 10 episodes already that's crazy it's crazy that i actually got into wanting to do this and following through sometimes i'm sure that we all go through this we we lack follow through with things but here we are and i'm returning after a long break from summer it has been quite the start of the school year um for those of you that are just tuning in i am a school social worker in a middle school in upstate new york so just thinking back just think back to middle school and how that was for you and then think about it times a billion because of this new generation and that is <laughs> that is exactly what i deal with every day um, I definitely love my job, the ins and outs and everything about it. I really appreciate what I do and that I'm there for children in such a impressionable age where they they're learning so much and that there's, there's definitely a lot of pros and cons. And I know that I shared that often in a lot of episodes, but it is a very, very mentally tolling job if I do, if I say the least. Which kind of brings the topic of the start of the season. I know last season I, I talked about, you know, a lot a lot of different elements of mental health. But I don't really think I went into detail about mental health itself. And that is what I wanted to focus on today. What mental health is. Um, and then kind of talk about my own backgrounds with it. The, the stigma, the judgments, the understanding, the biology, the genetics... All of that fun, fun-loving stuff of mental health. And then, obviously, I like to talk about children and their versions of it and school perspectives and kids' perspectives and kind of all jumble it into one podcast. So, let's get into it. Um, I definitely wanted to start it with a refresher, as I was saying, and um, break it down into the different perspectives. So... Mental health is the social wellness of yourself. It's because some people like to call it mental health or emotional health or social health. It kind of all wraps into one. But it is the part of yourself that is taking care of the least out of all the other healths that we have. We have physical and everyone knows that I like to quote when you are physically unwell so if you have a cold or if you've broken a bone, it's easier to go to the doctors and get help for that than it would be to go to a therapist when you feel unhealthy mentally. There is a lot of background and stigma to mental health, and I'm not entirely sure why. <laughs> I think that our society, especially in America, and I know this, we might, I don't know, actually, like, there. You know, this is mostly my off the top of my head knowledge that I have, but there are certain other countries and places that are phenomenal with mental health that they never bat an eye to the co- the conversations and the topics, but then there's places that are even further behind than us. When I was in England with my family, it was pretty interesting because my family itself are very communicative and they talk about mental health and but they my cousin was kind of letting me know that 
there aren't therapists there that she's aware of and it's not very common to go to therapy and they still kind of have the perspective that it's embarrassing or that it's bad to go to therapy and help yourself is that means that there's something extremely wrong with you so it it was definitely interesting to hear that you know that even the year 2023 and other places it's we're not further and I still think America has so much further to go in regards to mental health and I'm happy that I'm in the field to kind of push for that so we all know the stigma of mental health you know even back not even 10 years ago when I was a senior in high school I felt super embarrassed to go to therapy that I thought that that means that something's extremely wrong with myself in 2013 and there's nothing wrong with somebody that needs to talk to somebody else or help themselves feel better there is nothing wrong with that and I think that that stigma is still very much alive and people view it as like we've never needed mental health help before we we're stronger than this our our society's become too weak or they're using this as an excuse and yada 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 but it's actually more positive than it isn't I know that even my back in I know for a fact in my grandmother's um generation they couldn't even say they were sad basically it's like what are you sad for like that's embarrassing girl and boy that they didn't really want anyone to say when they're mad or speak speak at adults in a certain way and then it was all it was all effed up I'm not gonna I don't yeah just putting it lightly it was all effed up back then and I know that that's kind of what has created generational trauma that that was a generation that you couldn't speak for yourself at all and that authority was authority you can't you can't let anyone know how you're feeling and especially your parents and then that had led to the next generation which was my mom's and my mom's generation was more of you know my grandma wanted them to be able to open up more and trust them but that there was also like this broken bondage between them because of the generational gap that my grandma was like nope like she like wanted them to be open but then was like nope I'm still the authority I don't want to hear this you're like you're bsing like we're babying you and it was like a lot of back and forth which really effed up my mom too and led to her emotional and mental issues that are now that then started to raise me and look at that that's exactly what generational trauma is is that it's being passed down and that even when there's an attempt to be better the next person has to deal with even more or the next kid or the next generation and that even when there's more understanding there's a lot of pieces that don't connect as easy as they could if we were all smooth sailing all raising each other in a very healthy way and like and it really is about knowing your kid too but that stigma, and I I reference it all the time because sometimes it's it's ironic because I'm in the field, but I see myself feeding into that stigma sometimes too. I'm like, oh my God, that like that's not a big issue. That's not what I'm I chose this job for. That's that's so silly. But that's downplaying a kid's feelings or downplaying a coworker's feelings, and that's the opposite of what I want to do. Everyone's issues and everyone's traumas and everything is different, and that's what makes each person special and it makes that everyone unique in what they're dealing with but nothing is worse than the other when it comes to an individual and I catch myself being judgmental or feeling like that's so useless for me to help but that's not what my job is supposed to be I'm supposed to be accepting of all and that 
having that capacity to be able to talk to everybody and help them through what they're dealing with. So unfortunately, just like a lot of other things are just wrapped into our society's mentality as a whole, we're going to have to, we have to combat things every single day. And once it like, remember, oh, there we go back to the, you know, first season, you know, the self-awareness and there, it ties into every single day of being aware, how you're reacting, how you're talking to somebody, how you're processing what they're telling you, what they're going through, how you're helping. And it's, it's a mess, but it's definitely something that we all should be coming together to be able to help and encourage people to help their mental health. Cause it's kind of what makes us all put together. That's the last thing that, like, that's the most, that should be, it's the last thing right now, but it should be the most important thing that people should deal with or help themselves every day with. And, you know, kind of talking about that generational trauma and the genetics of mental health disorders, like depression and anxiety, that's with biology and that is part of who we are. Like, that's literally in our DNA. That's part of the chemicals in our brain that that get messed up and, that is why mental health is so important because they, it's literally embedded into our brains from and it's passed down. And no matter how much science and proof and facts are out there, that stigma really still does take precedent to what we should be focusing on and people lose sense of touch to be able to look inward and really help themselves and become better and stop judging one another when it comes to thinking that mental health is quote-unquote an excuse and not understand and misunderstanding the purpose of going inward and you know like i know we see a lot of memes and we see a lot of things are like oh america would rather get medicine and in surgery rather than really looking inward to help themselves we're always in the the space of wanting a quick fix but that's not the case we really should invest in ourselves in our mental health and in each other's mental health in order to create a better society Again, these are facts, but also my opinions that I kind of tie into it. And I'm very biased because I'm in the field, but I think that it's a very general statement that that and it's so important if you see the evidence that there is that this is something that we should be taking care of first. Anyways, so I know I kind of just threw a lot at you, but please reach out with any questions and comments. And if you want more knowledge about mental health, I have so many resources and things like that. But now I'm gonna kind of jump into my own experience along my 28 years of experience with mental health. Anyways, I'm drinking coffee as usual. Kind of tying back to the beginning, I know I had mentioned my grandma and my mom a little bit, but when I was very little, you come, you are the product of your environment and what and what you deal with. And at young ages, you don't realize that, but it kind of catches up to you as you get older. So off the bat, I, my mom had me at 22, which in fact is insane to me that I, like, I'm thinking in like a perspective base, like I'm 28 now. So that's like me having a six year old right now. I would lose my mind. I don't know how she did it. And I know that she had a lot of support, but wow. So I was born in 95 my mom was 22 and she was not with my biological father I was a a oopsies baby and they always get mad about that but I definitely wasn't not planned but here I was born into a place where 
my biological dad was present, but not very. Like, he was kind of like a side character to my raising. My mom had another boyfriend at the time that, that took on wanting to raise me. That was my sister's dad. But he wanted to raise me, and it kind of let, let into some turmoil of him taking over and kicking my biological daddy, yada, yada, yada. But that right off the bat, that's like something automatically, a young parent, absent, kind of absent dad, a different dad in the picture, young young parents raising a child. And we kind of didn't have a lot of money because my mom didn't finish school. My sister's dad didn't finish school, kind of in a very, very low middle class, if not in poverty place. So right off the bat, that's like at least four traumas that are raising me. Again, I'm glad that I'm alive. I'm glad that they choose to continue raising me, but that's already off the bat doing something to my DNA. That's trauma. That's 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 already breaking the synapses of parts of, you know, that my... All the pieces, sorry, I'm looking outside, I'm getting distracted, but those are parts of the brain that are getting influenced to be raised in a certain way. Those are messing with my chemicals. Those are breaking my DNA pieces and splitting them and creating all kinds of surges in my raising, right? On top of that, there's probably at least a few more because I don't know if my dad dealt with depression or whatever that side of the family looked like, but my mom has biologically and genetically has depression and she was young and then she had experienced a, a trauma when she was younger, like all of her traumas got passed down to me. So I'm I'm a fresh baby and I'm my brain is developing in this nature of all these traumas happening to me. So there it is, off the jump. My mental health, right? And as I'm getting older by I think or third grade, this is kind of what I remembered when I I started presenting with anxious symptoms, I guess. I would rip out my eyelashes and my eyebrows and that's known to be a trick to mania so trick is ripping out your hair you know anxiousness right and nobody knew what was wrong with me because back then the stigma on mental health and anxiety and depression was still hidden or that was still not something to look into like my mom and that's and therapy was for at the time in mental health and therapy was was known for um or it was a rich people thing. Like only rich people or people in higher mentor class could have therapy and that it was silly to go to it or whatever. So that was where I was. So third grade is ripping and nobody really checked in, whatever. My mom's dealing with my sister's dad cheating on her all the time but helping raise me because they need money. We're in poverty. People are helping, but we're still there yada 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 and you know I would pick up on the conversations being had I had a little sister that they were raising now and just a lot of stress just a lot of things that kids absorb without even realizing they're absorbing it fast forwarding from there my mom left my sister's dad because of the cheating and my 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 grandfather my closest male figure to me had passed and then you know, this just kind of all jumbled together. My sister's dad is gone. We start going over there, visiting him and his new girlfriend. She ends up not liking me. He has, he tells me that he's not my dad anymore because he chose a woman over a child he raised for 10 years. Another trauma. And trauma after trauma after trauma. And experience, you know, the things that are impacting my mental health. And here I am at 
11 years old and I'm, I'm acting out behaviorally as one does when they're experiencing a lot of stress and discomfort and being a kid. My grades are always good, but I'm getting anxious. Like I'm more anxious about my grades. I, I start panicking with, I, I have, I de- I've developed some OCD. I want things in a certain way. Like I start crying if my homework's not done. Like I was a very anxious, explosive kid at home. Luckily, I was raised that I wasn't explosive in school. You're welcome, my teacher friends. I was never a kid. I was very good in school. I only displayed my anxiousness. Or, I mean, I guess, like, pulling out my hair and stuff in school, duh. But I wouldn't show any behaviors really in school. Um, But I would cuss at home, and I would throw tantrums, and I would yell at my mom, and I wasn't the easiest kiddo. But again, back then, they didn't really look inward. They didn't want to get testing or they couldn't afford it. They didn't want to see if I had like autism or if I was anxious or I was depressed or if anything was else going on. They just, I, there I was just coasting along with all this trauma on my back. Then in my teenhood, holy crap, when, what a wild ride. I... At the age of 14, I think I've mentioned it before, I had witnessed my best friend's cousin die. Um, we had been in an accident and at just 14 years old, and we saw her bleeding out. Um, that's, you know, like the trauma that was there, the calling the 911, the whole situation. Bam, another, another thing on top of me before I, you know, before I'm a teenager or before I'm a, a adult. Like this has all happened up to the age of 14. And... Still, at in two thousand nine, my mom didn't even think about getting me into therapy. Again, we might have not been able to afford it. Still, had her own stigma about getting help, or if that was messed me up more, and she automatically thought I wasn't going to do it, and not you know like not educated herself on the necessity for literally a kid watching someone die. That requires some therapy. I'm going to tell you that right now. So. I was raw dogging life at my my teenage years, and that's when I kind of got involved with, you know, smoking and drinking, normal kid behavior. Um, I didn't go overboard, but I was still an anxious mess. I was always scared of what the consequences were, but I was still participating, and I wanted the friends I wanted to fit in. I wanted to ignore my past and not really think about it. But then I kind of entered the woe is me era of I'm like, like, look at all the things I've experienced. And I, I started manipulating to get what I wanted. When it came to romantic relationships or friendships, I just was a f- hot mess of a child all over the place. Didn't know right from wrong. Didn't know what sadness versus depression was. I was anxious all the time. I was, I've, I burned bridges with friends. I hurt people. I didn't know how to interpret them hurting me. My mom and I did not get along at the, these, these age gaps because of her own mental health. My childhood or my teenhood really just reflects her always being on the couch yelling at me if I needed a ride down the street and kind of relying on my stepdad but again nobody was emotionally able to talk to me I could only go to my mom sometimes because she was there when she was mentally okay but I relied on a lot of friendships and boys and it was difficult and like sometimes it still makes me tear up to think about all of the experiences I've dealt with and that's led me to who I am today and the, the, what I, why I wanted to be in this field and make sure that these kids don't experience the same things I had or, had a, or have a better chance of pushing through than I did. Um, 
Last week was a, actually recently we had a PD day for those of you in the education field, professional development day. And my friends, we all had a meeting with all the social workers and the, the elementary um, counselors in our district. We all had a venting PD basically and talk about our own trauma. And we took our ACEs test and I had eight out of 10. I don't, if any of you are familiar with the ACEs, the adverse childhood experiences, I never took it myself just because it's something you have to do often when you're a therapist or a school social worker. And I, we all had to do it. And I like over here thinking like, oh, everyone has a lot of shit that went on in their childhood. Who cares? And it's from zero to 18. And I had eight out of the 10 boxes checked out. And I look around and I'm, I'm pretty open about my trauma. I'm pretty open about my experiences, but I look around and my colleagues have like one or two and I'm like, oh, we're very different. And I kind of put myself in the own perspective that I am very effed up. And not it's not something I'm going to beat myself down for. It's just like a, it's just an, a perspective of the more you deal with, the more you have to work on as you get older. And I'm on the work on phase and I'll never be fully 100%. I won't even, I'm not even up to where these people are at. I'm not even meeting them at their norm. Because people get better every day no matter what they've experienced. But there's always going to be a lot of people better off than you. And there's going to be a lot of people worse than you. The things that people... Like we, we're just given our own shit and we have to deal with it. So, you know, as the, the years progressed, like my anxiety got worse. And I was spiraling. And I was, you know, trying to heal myself with boys and working out. Like I had healthy but non-healthy situations. And I've never seen... I've never had the examples of healthy relationships, so I've been screwed. And I'm very screwed now. Like, I'm still, I'm very open to wanting to get married and have kids, but I am so damn screwed mentally that it's really hard for me to break what I'm used to. And it sucks. Like, it's a perspective that I know what I deserve now. I love myself. I'm very confident. I do my work. I help myself. When it comes to romantic relationships, I do not know what to do and I fall backwards and I go back to shitty people and I want to give them a chance or I'm not going to talk to anybody at all. I went on a few dates this year. I've connected with some people, but it just doesn't feel now. I just my my alarms inside my head, like my flight or fright flight is all janked up. So I don't I can't I no longer am of have the ability to tell who is a red flag versus who's being nice versus like my my all of my alarms are going off and I don't know right from wrong and my therapist told me you're probably not going to unless you continue experience so it's the risks you take for normal people that don't have this much trauma they love taking the risk they're open to it or if they have a ton of trauma like me there's people on the opposite end of this perspective my best friend of like all my alarms are going off regardless so I'm going to take these risks and I admire partial partial parts of her but she gets under you know like watching vicariously through her I don't want to do that so I'm very closed off right now and I'm avoidant and it's really getting to me but again I'm very gentle with myself and I have that self-compassion but damn like that is why like that whole background story on myself whether you wanted to listen to this or not shows the importance of mental health because let's just say that everybody was in a better place back in the day and I went to therapy at a young age, I would be so much better off now. Taking care of that, like really working on myself at a younger age would have shown so much more delight right now. 
And it's, it's never too late to start to work on it. And that's why I started working on it a, th- a few years ago. I started therapy. I just, I just started, luckily in my 20s. But that is why I choose what I choose to do for my job to help these kids better understand what their parents are raising them different. Like their parents are kind of in that same stigma. There's not much, like especially in my district, half of the kids I work with, their parents are on top of it. Like, heck yeah, therapy, awesome. Whatever you say, you know, whatever you say, I'm going to help my kid. They love you. They trust you. I trust you. And then there's the opposite end. No, no therapy. I'm not signing them up as their absent parents off doing drugs and alcohol and not caring about their kids. That is why I do my job because at least those kids have access to a sound adult that can help hopefully lead them on a better path. <sighs> Anyways, that's a lot about me and I it, I recently have been quite trigger, triggered a lot because of what my ch- children are experiencing, my students are experiencing and I'm getting tied into you know the things that trigger me that they experience that I've experienced or me hoping that they listen to what I say, but they might not right now because of their their issues at hand. They're the lack of understanding, especially at this age. If they go home and their parents are saying the opposite of what I say, at that age, who are you going to trust more? Your parents. You're going to be like, yeah, after this adult, I have to go live with these people. I have to go, I have to go, like, she doesn't know everything. My family, know, like, we were raised by wolves. We're going to take care of ourselves. We're going to fight. And it's a, it's a mess. It's definitely a mess. And I wish that I had somebody like myself back in the day, but I kind of know for, I kind of have a feeling that I would have reacted very similarly to what these, how these kids experience what I talk to them about sometimes. I remember having close adults back in, I was very close to my like English teachers and my art teachers and my social studies teachers and some science teachers, I would vent to them and they would give me suggestions and I didn't listen. So it's kind of like that. You take every piece with a grain of salt and that hope that the the paths that you help them get on are worthwhile in the future and that they'll look back and be like, oh, Miss Smith was right or Miss Courtney was right because I went by both. And that's all you can hope for. You can't force it just like my teachers back then didn't force me or anything like or my therapist. Even these past three years, I do the opposite of what she says sometimes. We're human. And I just really get wrapped up in the wanting the difference so bad for these kids because of the lack of understanding I had for my mental health and my issues back then that I deplete myself. And I'm definitely at some burnout right now because of what I've been dealing with with these kids, you know, getting cussed out and getting ignored and not listened to. But understanding that I I love these kids and I want to see them be successful no matter how stupid they're being or the decisions they make, or that they don't make, or that they what they do, it's all out of hurt. I've been there. I may not have been like that in school, but look, like how how shitty do you think their lives could be? That it's happening. To, what what is happening to them at home? That is making it come into school the way that it does, and that they're just kids right now, and that I need to take a step back and like, and that's okay. I had to be told by myself and by other adults yesterday that it's okay to take a step back when you're getting triggered, but not giving up on the kid. Like I might need some space, but that does not mean I don't love them and that I won't get back into helping them as much as I can before they leave me. But I need to take care of myself and some other kids that that I have been ignoring because of the situations at play. 
So it's all about perspective. It's all about understanding and and the self-awareness of calming yourself so that you could help others too. But um, as for the teachers, it's even harder for me. I know I've mentioned numerous times that it's really difficult for me because as an adult, for adults, it's a choice to not want to help yourself. As for kids, it's not. It's not, they don't really know as much as they're so young, but it's an adult's choice to be triggered. It's an adult's choice to not work on themselves or help themselves. You can only do so much to help teachers understand that and look besides their job, that that our whole purpose is to create a better generation of people. And I do step on toes. I know that probably with some of my friends of the helping understanding, like we just work in a middle school. I'm not downplaying anyone's job, but making those relationships and looking out for kids rather than doing that one assignment is all that can be helpful. But I do get the perspective too that like they're the only constant is school for them for a lot of them and doing the schoolwork like that, that's some normalcy that they may not have but that in school everyone has that same normalcy no matter your background. I get all perspectives and I wish that people understood my job a little bit more too because no matter how much I explain it I still get the judgments and the lack of understanding because they think that because of the generations before, like even literally even up to last or 10 years ago, 2013, there was that stigma that's getting broken down a little bit, but that if you open the can of worms, people are going to take advantage of it. Like I know for a fact that kids utilize like us all the time. They use us a lot to skip classes and to not be where they're supposed to be. And all classes are important, not just the core classes, but so is music and art and gym. I'm never saying that those classes aren't important. I get why they're important, but how they're less important than core classes. But everyone gets offended by our jobs and it's hard. But just like I would advocate for the adults, I think we should take more PTO day or PTO is it PTO yeah pay time off yeah PTO and earn time off like take days off to help ourselves we don't our society is so fast-paced and I really encourage teachers to do that I know there's shortages and yada 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 but we should all take space for ourselves just like I tell the kids that they need their session times with me and yes it may look like they're coming to hang out and just chill and sometimes we are sometimes it's okay that we need breaks and we're just hanging out but my job is important too and these kids deserve that space to calm down and talk and be better and work on themselves. It's rough. All of the angles, all the generations, all the perspectives and I wish that people could look inward more about all of this and have that awareness and take care of themselves just like I encourage anyone to take care of themselves including the kids. <sighs> Don't you just love a good tangent? My run-on sentences are phenomenal. <laughs> but I really needed this breakdown for myself to really kind of sit in what I do and take the the take the advice for myself and make sure that I'm caring about myself just as much as I'm caring about everyone else in these and all of all the people. I did take a lot more breaks yesterday in the day to just go calm down and I have I've just burnt out every single day at around one o'clock I am burnt my head's on fire I take and it's just hard I didn't even pee all day yesterday and I just don't want that to be the type of day I have I want to be mentally there for the kids as much as they because they need me and I know that and it's so 
lovely to be needed and it's so like the positives way outweigh the negatives the love that these kids have for me even when they're mad the passion that they have that the the fact that they get mad at me means that they care about my thoughts whether they follow through or not and then I'm there for the adults just as much like I check in with the principals so much like so often it's a hard place the teachers I check in on them we all might be saying we're okay but our jobs are hard Working with kids are hard. Dealing with their shit is hard. Dealing with our own stuff is hard. But we do it for a reason. And there's nothing that like that we shouldn't be able to look out for each other for. But all in all, I really want to have these normalizing conversations. And this year has been so great so far because my social worker bestie and myself, we had taught about mental health and we had on World Mental Health health awareness day we talked about these conversations normalizing these conversations talking about empathy and building connections and it went pretty well like the two days of the 10 the 10 classes that we taught it went really well you know there's kids that still find the conversations uncomfortable but that we created a space to make it more clear that everyone's dealing with stuff and we just got to be kind and we got to be there for one another and that we're all dealing with stress together that we all have stuff on our shoulders but everyone's looking out for each other if we let them, and we should. And going up to somebody, and like the way that I talk is a lot different than some. Like some people are like, "Oh yeah, sports." And I'm like, "Oh my god, my brain's on fire." Some girl, one of my students, just saw someone get hit by a car yesterday. Like it's like different conversations, and mine are, mine are always going to be deep. And I know I have the right people around me that keep me grounded, that will keep me on my toes about normal stuff, normal conversations, but also making it normal to talk about all of the stress and the mental health issues going on too. Life is life and we're all human, like I keep saying. And I think that if we band together and have these conversations and normalize them and be okay with it, we'll help each other more and we'll be in a better spot so we're not burnt out and that we'll normalize taking care of it just like we should. Anyways, I'm so happy to be back. So expect some some, uh, episodes every other week again and and stay invested and come talk to me. And I really want to start having guests this season. Um, if anyone is like really good at like podcasts, let me know how I could hook, hook it up so that two microphones can be going on in one so we don't have to take turns with one microphone. <laughs> I need any additional help. Any, any, any people that are good with technology, hit a girl up. Um, I really do enjoy doing this. And I'm so thankful for those of you who are listening. And if you're not, that's okay too. This is for me. So, again... Thank you for listening, and I will be back soon. Have a good day.